Man, I really appreciate our worship team and what they're doing. Thank you, Kyle, and the whole team for all you put into um, the time that you do. And man, it's just, a, it's just phenomenal. It's, it always fascinates me how when they pick songs, they just meld so beautifully in with messages that God's put on my heart. And I hear such confirmations so often. But um, this, you know, this morning, this scripture just dropped in my heart. It's been a long time since I've read it, and it just, you know how the Holy Spirit does that. Um, but Psalm 9, um, Psalm 9 in the message translation says this, or, or uh, paraphrase, I should say. It says, God's a safe house for the battered, a sanctuary during bad times. The moment you arrive, you relax. You're never sorry you're knocked. It's a great paraphrase, right? I'm going to read it again. God's a safe house for the battered, a sanctuary during bad times. The moment you arrive, you relax. You're never sorry you're not. You know, I think that describes what Lake Haven wants to be. You know, we are a haven for people too. We want to be a safe house for the battered. And sometimes it's not just physically battered or emotionally battered. Sometimes it's people that have been spiritually battered. But, but I tell you what, we want, you're never sorry. When you come to God's name, when you come to him, you're never sorry you're not. He is always a restorer. He is there to love on you. He's there to, to bring you to the place. Ultimately, if we walk with him, he will take you on a journey. It won't be overnight, but he will take you on a journey and bring you into more and more of the abundant life, more and more of the purpose that you are created unto. Do you know that you have a kingdom purpose? You don't just have a career in the world. You have a kingdom career. You have a kingdom purpose. God designed you and you are uniquely gifted for you to be a place in the, bo in the body of Christ at large. I'm not talking about just being an usher or helping out in the church. That's all well and good. But you have a unique addition to the body of Christ. And the body needs what you can and what you are able to give. But, it is, but, but joining this journey of, of being part of that is, is a powerful purpose uh, and, and, and looking for your purpose, discovering your purpose. Sometimes some people know what their purpose is and some people have to walk in a way and, and their purpose becomes clearer and clearer. Most of us are there. Most of us walk and, we, and you should find purpose because that is true living. God's definition of abundant life is finding your purpose because once you find and discover purpose, your purpose in the kingdom, it satisfies your soul. It, it satisfies your soul. It brings wholeness to your heart because that is truly what you were born to. Many people are like, why? Why am I here? What is my purpose? I'm telling you that's because it's a, there's a yearning in every human heart for relationship with God, for a love relationship with God, and to be in the role that God designed them to be in. If you're not there, you will always feel something is missing. They will feel that just because that's not what you were created unto. So know that God has got a good thing for you. His plans are to prosper you and not to harm you to give you purpose, plans, an expected outcome. That's what God's, that's what God, that says in Jeremiah 29, 11. But that's what God's plans are for you. Amen. So I've been doing a, a series the last couple of Sundays, and I know they've been chunky, um, and I've called it Manifest, Manifest. And, and it's been chunky. I've given, given you a lot of scripture, and I want to encourage you, go back online, download, if you're a podcast or want to download the podcast, listen to it a few times, because this series, I believe, is honestly life-changing. 
It can radically transform you. It can be a, a great um, uh, way. If you've struggled in any shape, form, or fashion, I want you to know that this, the, these are tools that I believe that the Lord is reminding you. You may say, oh, well, I've heard some of that. Yeah, I've heard that. Just keep your heart open. Amen? Say, do you, just keep your heart, heart open. Say, say, you know, the Spirit of God is our teacher. Truth, you will never get old. Truth never gets old. If something is true, it will never be old. And that is, that's a fact. If something is old to you, then it's never been real to you. But if it's real and it's truth, it will never get old. You can take that one to the bank. <laughs> but um, I, I used this illustration last week, and I didn't have my Hoberman sphere with me, so I want to pull it out because I think it's such a great, a great tool. I pulled it out a while back. You know what? This is called a Hoberman sphere. And some of you know this. It's a kid's toy. Um, um, but, hey? Grown up to a toy too. Yeah, that's amazing. But, but this has got a whole bunch of little parts. And, and, you know, things grow in paradigm, in perspective, in relationship with one another. And I was using Lego last, year, last week as an illustration that what we learn from God um, are, are, are modular pieces. But things fit together in a certain way. And when things, when, we're, when, we're, when we remain teachable, when we remain humble, then God is able to build certain things into our life. And so things can expand when we get to see how things fit together. And, and you know, and, and it just, it is, this is a three-dimensional thing, but you know that God is even more than three-dimensional? He is multi-dimensional. So it doesn't matter what topic you study, there's another paradigm, there's another perspective, there's always something else. If you're open to staying it, you will see something from a different paradigm. I think Jesse DePlantis was the one who said, you know, when the angels go around the, the throne and they say, glory, 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 you know, or holy, 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 or, or they see something again, that's because they're seeing a, par a piece of God they've never seen before. Never seen before. Do you know that God is that big that even in eternity, we want like, oh, okay, got it. Now I know who he is. No. He is the eternal God. He is, he is without end. You don't have him down in your three and a half pound brain matter. I don't either, just in case you think I do. <laughs> no, but, but, but the paradigms that we can, if, we, if, we re, if we're willing to be teachable, can totally change our paradigm and perspective. And, and sometimes, I mean, you can get an internal perspective, you know, whatever it is. You know, but, but, there, but, it, it, but, you know, each piece, each piece is, 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 is precious. And, and each, each, each topic that we get into in, as we teach on Sundays and in our life groups, they are just going to expand your heart and, des, and, and your understanding of God. Because he talks about that in Proverbs, right? He talks about wisdom and understanding, insight, and, and how knowledge works. Knowledge is just information. Knowledge is essential building material, but it's just information. It's insight and understanding, and, and ultimately wisdom is the piece of how this all applies to my life. Yes, there is an application to life, and we're not studying application right now, but there is an application to life. And Jesus spoke about it in Matthew 7, and James speaks about it, because he says there's an application to take the Word of God. Once you walk out the doors on a Sunday or leave your life group, there is a real-world application. And we are called to the supernatural life that's got real-world application. Yes, your wife, your spouse, your job, your health, all of these pieces are there to benefit it. Jesus said it this way, giving a whole compassing. He said, I have come that you can have life and life more abundantly. 
So God's will, if we do it, if we choose to submit our hearts and lives and say, okay, Jesus, I'm willing to see the world, do the world, understand the world through your paradigm, through your perspective, then you will experience life as he defines it. But so many of the, of so much of the church world today have got traditions, and we'll, we'll touch into that, but, and they've got all these other things that, they, that has limited their perspective and paradigm. But if we want life, this is what this series is, is tackling, because this is a key piece, the key, a key foundation um, is, is understanding, as we've said, Jesus became, he is the manifest logos of God, according to Roman, uh, John 1.1. 1, 1. You know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He is, he is the logos of God, the logic of God, the, the intention of God that was manifest. In, in we went through Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 when it says that, 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 that he, he was, um, uh, sorry, I'm going to, so I'm going to start it right, otherwise we'll get it wrong. In these last days, he's spoken to us through his son, verse 2, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Um, and then verse 3, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. The exact imprint. So Jesus and the life of Jesus, the personality of Jesus, is the word of God. And, I, and I'm not going to go into that. You can listen to the previous, the, the previous messages. But it's, this is the powerful truth is, we want to be in a place where love, where you, can, you and I can experience um, the sincere love is what the New Testament talks about it. You can experience sincere, genuine, authentic love of God because you should be in a place where that is, is, is a present reality to you. And then he says this, a sincere faith, an unshakable confidence in the word, a.k.a. faith. And an unshakable confidence in the word. I'm going to say it again. We can, you and I, have been given a measure of quote-unquote faith, and it, and it can be an unshakable confidence. Unshakable. You see, faith is, by definition, unshakable. Otherwise, it's just hope. When you reach a place where you believe that the word, what the word of God is, you can be in a place where you are unshakable. James speaks about that. He says, nothing wavering. He says, asking, if anybody asks of God, he should, he should ask not doubting not, or not wavering, it says in the King James, because he that wavers is not going to receive anything. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You see, there's this place of faith, and, and I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm trying to resist going into faith yet because we read, we read, we, I, God has been helping me grow in understanding of faith, and I, and I want to teach on that in on another coming, uh, coming up series. But this is its foundation. What we're talking about right here is the foundation. I've said to you, the Bible, per se, as in the 66 compilation of books from Genesis to Revelation, is not every word is the is the Word of God. It is, it contains the Word of God because some of that is history. You can't just pick out something in the first part of Job and you can't pick out something in Second Chronicles or in, you, you because these, these, there, are, there are books of history that give us understanding. It shows us, but we can learn from every part. Genesis, we're not throwing anything away. Be, listen to me clearly. Genesis to Revelation is Scripture. But it's not all the Word of God. 
And I defined that a little bit. I've been talking about that. And I know some of you may say, oh, Lord, Shannon, no, 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 no. It's Scripture because we can learn from it. It says in Timothy that all Scripture is God-breathed. I love that. God-breathed as He inspired people. And it's and for our correction and instruction in righteousness. And, in, and, and it's how we're going to live this kingdom life. It's God-breathed. And so we can even learn from the mistakes you know, Paul, you know that we've got a bunch of murderers in the New Testament and old. Paul was a murderer. I know we don't think of the Apostle Paul that way, but yes, he was a murderer. And he became one of the apostles. So Abraham was a pimp, you know, and he pimped out. He was ready to pimp out his wife. Um, you can go on. You can, we, we can talk about basically how these guys weren't perfect. David was a murderer and an adulterer, the man after God's own heart who wrote a bunch of the Psalms. Those, there, there are elements that we understand from people's, even their mistakes. God's not in, encouraging us to become murderers or adulterers because David did it. You understand? But we learn from people's mistakes. Ho hopefully we learn from our own mistakes if we won't learn from people's mistakes. But there's some of us that just struggle. We just keep repeating the same stuff, right? So, um, anyhow, but, but there is this, this unshakable confidence that we need to have in the Word. I'm going to say the Word again. Unshakable confidence. Why? Glad you thought that. You know, it says, because it says that um, in Ephesians, uh, sorry, in, in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, that the, it says this in um, Romans 1 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. For in it, or for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. Again, I'm not going to go down that board, but what I want you to understand is the just shall live by faith. It has been reported four times in the, in the Bible, in God's Word. He says that the just shall live by faith. We, we, we have to understand that faith is this essential part of it. Now, we're a grace church, and man, am I so <laughs> grateful, so grateful for the grace of God. I'm so grateful for the teaching of God's grace. Because grace reveals, God's grace reveals that He has freely given us all things. What He has freely given us is revealed in the Word of God. His promises are free to you and I. Free, 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 free. But it is by grace through faith that we lay hold of the promises. And, and so, so many times we, we step into this idea, and you hear me touch on it, into this fatalistic idea that if God wants me to have it, it'll just happen. No, no it won't. Do you know that God's will is that every person be saved? Clearly states that in multiple scriptures. Multiple scriptures that says that God wants no, he wants ev no one to perish, but everyone to come to repentance, to a knowledge of him. Faith is the essential. So God's grace, he's provided salvation for everyone. It says in, in Titus chapter 2. He's provided salvation for everyone. Does that mean everybody's saved? No. No, no, no. Because they must lay hold of it by faith. And this is what the scripture is saying. That the just shall live by faith. So even in uh, Romans, in, sorry, in um, 
uh, in Romans, yes, Romans chapter 5, it says, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified or made righteous with God through faith, say through faith, we have peace with God. Okay, verse 2, it says that through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So I know you've heard me say it, and we've said it not multiple times, but Corin gave that illustration where grace is God re- sort of reaching down and faith is us reaching, reaching up and connecting with Him. So grace is this free gift that God offers, but it takes faith, unshakable confidence in what He has graciously provided. So how do we know what he's graciously provided? How do we know what he's graciously provided so that we can have an unshakable confidence? Through his, through his word. Through his word. So, so here we're seeing, now I'm starting to put the pieces of the, this that I've been talking about. We saw God, Jesus is the Logos. He is the plan, the intention, desire of, of what God has given us. He has made it clear as he manifested, say the word manifest. Jesus is the manifest logos of God. You want to see Jesus, you want to see God's, let me rephrase this. You want to see God's intention for your life. You want to see God's will for your life. You want to see how God thinks about you, how God acts towards you. You can tell it if you will open up your heart to see this piece, that he is the manifest. So when Jesus told a parable, when Jesus lived the example, he, that is the will of God for that woman caught in adultery, or that Pharisee, or that young rich ruler, or that prodigal son. You are seeing the will of God toward you towards me and towards him democrat republican pervert sinner thief your boss or maybe he's all of them i don't know you know so, 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 whatever but but you see we we we, we see we how does god respond because we feel we separate these two. We think that this is just information on a Sunday and we don't know how to take this into a living experience because we don't understand this is who God is. The Word of God, as I said last week, is this eternally present um, perspective and paradigm of who He is. And when we understand of who that He is, He isn't... Um, he isn't words on a page. He isn't printed ink, red or black, on paper. You see, because we've so often done that. We've, we, 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 we slip into this idea that, oh, well, that's just the Word of God. And if I just get, and we use the Word of God like it's a spell book. If I say it often enough, if I say it often enough, I, I tell you what, then, then suddenly God, God will do something out there, but it'll make it, it'll happen in me. And that's how we've treated faith and God's Word. Rather than seeing the manifested Jesus, 
as the intention and eternally present, unchanging word. We have got to stop having a relationship with a book or with words or with um, English, Greek, or whatever you want to, and we've got to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, I say that carefully because I'm assuming you understand we can't, that doesn't mean we can have a relationship outside of His revealed knowledge. We have, to, we, we, we can only, it, it reveals truth, and only as we lay hold of the truth, who is a person living, present, continuous tense, can we take that and we can say, okay, now I understand this is who He is. This is who He is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The great I am. Before Abraham was, Jesus said to the Pharisees, before Abraham was, He said, I am. And He nearly got stoned that day for it. I am. You see, God isn't... <laughs> I, I, I just love this because there's so many places where the Bible talks about His unchanging nature. So many. I, I've got a string of them. And, I, and, I, and it's, it's hugely powerful. When you say, you know, in, in Hebrews um, 13 verse 8, it says that God, Jesus said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, most translations use the word forever. A number of literal translations will say, and to the ages, which kind of means forever. But the, the Greek word is eon, to eons, the plural of eon. It's, God is the same in the past, think about that for a second. Right now, in the present, wherever the present is, whenever you read, you experience Him. He is the same yesterday, today, in the current, wherever you are currently. He is the same. Listen, this, this, this will blow your mind if you get this in your heart. And to the ages. We live in an age. But do you know that there will be multiple ages to come? I don't understand what that all necessarily will be. I sometimes think about the millennium, and I think that's a phenomenal experience. We'll live and reign with Him here on this planet for a thousand years. So don't worry if you don't get to see all the sights now. Just, just put it off. You can do it much cheaper and easier in the millennium, you know. And if you've never flown before, don't worry. I don't think it will be a problem. <laughs> but, but there are going to be ages where, where we see that we are going to rule and, and reign with Him. But it says that Jesus Christ, the, the manifest Word of God, and, and again, so many places say the same, same thing. God has told us in the Psalms, in Isaiah, in the prophets, in the law, in all of these places, all over the New Testament, in Revelation, he who was and who is and who is to come. All of these, these beautiful illustrations of God who cannot lie. James says, in Him there is no variableness or shadow of turning. In other words, when you experience God, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means when you read stories about Him, He is the same. And then I know, I know, I know, I know, I, get I got confused because people will say, oh, well, you see, I don't understand because the Old Testament, here you see this and you see that and God says this and God says this. And, and now it looks like it, you know, as I said last week, that God is the ogre that kills people and Jesus is the sweet, 
guy carrying the lambs that says, oh God, don't kill them. You know, and, you know, and he is the nice one. But no, he is not. He is the same. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the, exactly the same. Why do we have a difference? We will have to get to that in another message. But hold on. Stay buckled up because we will get there. When we discuss covenants and you understand God has dealt with men according to covenants and often, like the law, was what something man wanted. The Mosaic, the Mosaic law was something man wanted because they didn't want to connect with God. They said, just give us, we'll do whatever you tell us. You just go and find out and come and tell us. So God was like, okay, that's all I've got to work with. And when we, if you understand the law, I've been studying the law for a little while, man, and I tell you what, the law is powerful, but the law is terrible. Because, I mean, that's where, you know, you, you, that's where you had to find righteousness back. That's, that's held from the Mosaic law. And so when you understand the, the role of law, the role of law still has a place today. But that's not how we find righteousness. And I know these are, I don't want to run into this understanding, but I want you to, to, to know that there are, there are very... Um, logical, easy-to-understand reasons that God, that, that when you understand these pieces, are like, oh, I, I get it. I, I see it. And, and it makes God, God is, God is not trying to make things difficult for us. He is trying to, to show us these things if we're willing to walk this journey with Him. If you're willing, because as we get into this covenant understanding and we see that, well, Jesus, you know, put these things behind it and this is what the new covenant brought and the new covenant in his blood. This is the reason we even do communion is because we remember the new covenant. But you know what we've turned it into? Some religious little doodah that we jump up and down, you know. We, we turn everything into religious formulas. Some churches kneel up and down, say, say, say I think we've got our own traditions here in whatever church you want to call this one. But we love to make formulas out of stuff. Very fast and very quick to turn something into, into a formula. But, and, and it loses the power. It absolutely loses the power of it. And that's what Jesus said. Remember about traditions. Traditions. I'm going to bring this up. Matthew 15, verse 6. So for the sake of your traditions, you have made void the word of God. Matthew 15, 6. He says, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. There is so many things here, but he says, here, this scripture Jesus was teaching, he said, listen, He's not wanting the actions. He says, these people honor me with their lips. He says, you can have all the right actions, but if your heart is not in it, it's, you're a hypocrite. Ooh, ouch, right? But that's what we've been teaching people. Hey, you don't have to believe, right? Don't worry if you can't, just at least act the part. And then we wonder why the world says, you're a bunch of hypocrites. You say you go to church, but you don't put it into action. Jesus said in vain, he says, but, but he says, he said that you, you have made void the word of God. Man, that is a, that is a reproof. 
I was about to say of the galactic kind, but it's, it's almost, yeah, well, it's the godly kind. Mark, in that, in, in Mark 7 verse 13 says the same thing. I'm reading this one out of the King James Version. Making the word of God to no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down. In the NIV, it says, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. The Amplified says is this, you are nullifying and making void and of no effect the authority of the word of God. Let us read that one again. You are nullifying, making void and of no effect the word of God through your tradition. And many things you do. You see, this is the warning. The warning is careful of your traditions, careful of your formulas. Because you can take the eternal, imperishable seed of God's word and make it void. It will have no power in your life. No power, power in your life. So we, we spoke last week about how God's word is a, a, a seed, right? And, and it, it really is. It's, it's called the imperishable seed of God's word. God's word, when we understand that this is, this, when, when we speak about the word of God manifest and kingdom things, it is seed. And its seed, as we've taught last week, was needs to be planted in where? In our hearts. It's the environment. It's the parable of the sower. Farmer goes out to sow the seed. Some seed fell on path. Hard path. Some seed fell, got a little bit of soil. Some seed goes over here and gets bears fruit. Some gets choked. He's teaching us how to apply the Word of God, how to grow the Word of God. And we spoke about that at length last week. Because, um, and, I, and, I, and I quoted, I love the passage from when Mary, when the angel came to Mary and said, and a lot of uh, passages said this in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God, says the angel. Now that's, that's only a partial translation of the verse, a lot of tra uh, different translations, but in, in the Amplified says it this word, it says, for with God nothing is impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. No word from God shall be without, without power and impossible of fulfillment. That's powerful. When we, when we grasp this and we go and say, okay, Lord, so what does this all mean? When we understand that the soil and the heart, and I touched on that last week, so we're not going to go revisit that too much now. But when I understand like this is where, this is how I take I can take any promise from God and by faith that receive the grace that's already been given to me. The Word of God gives us these graces. So I'm going to, I'm going to touch on some of these things. Okay, so physical healing. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent out His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. That's what we're doing in Healing University. There is word and teaching going out about physical healing and showing us different parts of physical healing. If you've ever any doubt that God's will is to absolutely heal you 100% of the time, come to Healing University. It took me years to get myself unpersuaded of all the religious stuff that I'd heard that, well, God will heal you if He wants to. Until you get that, that tradition that is making the Word of God void in your life, listen carefully, that unbelief that has been 
planted in there by grandma so-and-so or mama or pastor so-and-so or what you think or your opinion and I think, whatever, whatever is causing those things in your mind to make the Word of God to have no effect. Who said that the Word of God can have no effect? Jesus. Jesus said that the Word of God, though it's, can, though, though it's, got vo- it can, does, it's not void of power, just like a seed has got the power of one watermelon seed, one peach, one apple seed, whatever it is, Johnny Appleseed, whatever it is, you know, you've got one seed has got the power of many orchards, right? But seed has to be planted. Seed has to be fertilized. And then it produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. But you and me can make it void. That means that we can live in sickness. We can live in poverty. We can live in a lot of these things because we've got, we're walking over dimes and dollars and and million of, of abundant life because we don't recognize the word of God. We're getting by on our own flesh. We're relying on the arm of the flesh and not on what God says. We don't have a kingdom philosophy of life because we're saying, no, no, I'm going to do it the way and see it the way the world sees it. Well, you can, or you can do it God's way. If you want the abundant life and if you want to walk in these things and access these things, then you've got some farming to do. You can, if you will, let the Holy Spirit work with us to farm these things in our hearts. And I know that people don't want to hear that because that's like effort. You're talking about effort, Shannon. Yes and no. Yes, there is work. There, there, there is time. There is energy that you have to put in to, to have to experience some of these things. It's not earning something from God. It's persuading your heart of truth. It's planting the seed in the Word of God. It's not earning something that God has already, by grace, given us. He has given it. He's given us just like everybody is saved. I mean, sorry. Jesus has done everything to save everybody. Clear? I'm, he, not everybody is saved. He has given us, He has paid the price. He has bought redemption for each person. All they have to do is receive by faith. Where does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But not just hearing, because we're going to see it from another perspective. Oh, we've got to plant it. Not just hearing, not just giving light cognizance to it. Oh, yeah, 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 I heard that. No, 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 planting. So, so here we see healing is one of these things. How about your children? Blessed is the man who fears the God, who, uh, who fears the Lord, sorry, who, um, I'm 112, verse 1, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Do you believe that? I mean, that's a tough one because I agree with my head. Oh, wow, that's pretty awesome. But this is the Word of God ready to be planted. It's an imperishable seed. Do you want your children to be mighty and blessed in the land? Well, there you go. You see, God cannot lie, and we'll have to, we'll, I'll, I'll punch through a couple of those. But when we understand that God is the same, He is unchanging, that God is not a man, that he should lie. 
God, when we understand this connection that we're, we're talking God here. We're, talk, we're not talking words on, out of Psalms. We're talking, we're talking His revealed nature and purpose. Amen? Long life and peace. If some people live in fear. Oh, I'm going to die young. I'm going to die young or whatever the case is. Some people say that their whole life and then guess what? They die young. Because they really do. Oh, well, my grandma and they all died of heart attacks when they were, you know, 27 or 35 or whatever the case is. And so they believe it and they die young. Do you know that there's so many promises that you don't have to be that person? If you will plant the seed. Proverbs 3 verse 1 says, My son, do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. I, want to, I, want to, I just want to point that out. Meditating on that a little while and suddenly you see, it doesn't say let your hands and actions keep my commandments. For length of days, verse 2, and of years of life and peace will they add to you. Length of days and years of life and peace will they add to you. Verse 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Man, there it is again. Who writes them on the tablet of your heart? You. His encouragement to us is you. Write them on the tablet of your heart. You want long life and peace? Write them on the tablet of your heart. Guess what? You don't write This is not me, people. Read, this is the Bible. <laughs> it's just getting so quiet. Long life and peace. If you want long life and peace, you want to write these on your heart. Wisdom, Proverbs 2. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, and he's a shield for those who walk in integrity. How about when you don't feel close to God? There's so much we can talk about this, but John 14, and, and I, I really, I don't do it justice by removing it here in, in a context like this, but John 13 and to 17 is such a powerful one sitting bolus that Jesus did to his disciples. And by the way, he didn't take multiple days to do it. He did it in one night on the, the Lord's Supper. John 13 to John 17 is all the night before he was crucified. Well, part of 13 to be, you know. But John 14, he says this, Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now that's not saying, if you don't keep my word, I won't, you're not mine. I, he's talking about being indwelt, having a fellowship Having, making his home with God. As I said, in context, I'm not really doing it. Then in verse 24, he says, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my, my, my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. The, the beauty of walking in this relationship with God, and, and we have the Holy Spirit, so, you know, not teaching that here, but obviously the Holy Spirit is our current, ever-present helper, the reminder, 
the teacher, the comfort. He's going to remind us of the Word of God that we've planted in our hearts. He's got an integral part in this process, right? And he says that, that when, when you guard your Word, if he says, he who keeps my Word, he's not saying, oh, I've got a checkbox. I kept that one. I kept that one. That's not what he's saying. Because people, I used to turn that into legalistic do's, like if I've done that. Listen, none of us have kept all the word. He kept every instruction. It's not about legalism here. This is about keeping the word in your heart. This is about guarding it. This is about acquiring it, about planting. He who keeps my word, who treasures it, like Mary did, who lays hold of the word and puts it in in their heart. He it is, my father and I will come and we will be at home with him. You want to experience more of God? Keep His Word. Lay hold of His Word. Get it in your heart. And you will experience God more. Now, He's not out there. Again, I'm not, He's not earning. You're not earning His presence. He never leaves you or forsakes you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. But you aren't aware of it because you and I are keeping the Kardashians or keeping this thing, or keeping whatever you want to. Your, your head, and if you, what is, Jesus said it this way, and I'll, and I'll try and wrap it up here. He says, what the heart is full of will come out of your mouth. So you want a little bit of a thermometer experience about what's in your heart? thermometer, it's just, it's not saying, oh, well, I'm evil. No, 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 no. You're not only saying you're evil because you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Know the word. Know that these foundations that we've been speaking about, you're, you've been given righteousness. You've been made righteous by faith. These, this is your inheritance, all of these things. But what's coming out of your mouth is what your heart is full of. If it's coming out of your mouth is... I mean, that's a self-check. Jesus is saying that's just a thermometer. If you want to know if somebody's got a sickness or got an infection in their body, you can stick a thermometer and find out what's happening inside. Oh, they've got 98, 99, 102. Uh Uh-oh. It's a thermometer. Did the thermometer change them? No. The thermometer did nothing to give them sickness. The thermometer just told them what your body temperature was. This is basically the same thing Jesus is saying. What's coming out of your mouth is what you're putting, is what's in your heart. So what do we do? We change what's coming in, and, and the Bible calls that putting off the old man, renewing the mind. Or he, or he, or he, he talks about, you know, you know, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. There's, there, there's this process of how are we going to allow our heart to be conditioned? Will we allow our heart to be changed? Will we lay hold of these truths and let them grow in our hearts? Because I tell you what, if you, grow, if you plant them in your heart, your vo- your, something will change in your mouth. You know, I, I, I don't know why I thought of this, but I went to a boys' college, a boys' school, high school. And there was just no girls. It was a boys' thing. It was a fairly, fairly good school in South Africa. And I had, when I went to there, I was like, I don't know what, standard five or seventh grade. I think I went there first. I could not believe. I thought I'd heard swearing in my life. Man, they swore like I could not believe it. I mean, I was a, I was a young Christian. I got saved. I, you know, I had not been filled with the Holy Spirit yet. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I hadn't been taught about the Holy Spirit. 
But these kids, man, I, had, I was like, oh my gosh, the, the, every second, third, there were at least three or four swear words in every sentence. I kid you not, it was like, oh my gosh. And I was, um, I was astounded about, you know, when in that vi- in environment. So, but you know what, one, one thing I learned is that, I, and, I'm, and listen, I'm not trying to offend you, but listening to swearing doesn't make you a swearer unless you want to be a swearer, unless you're looking for recognition, unless you think it's cool to be a swearer. I went through, I was in boarding school. I went through four, I went through four years of boarding school with these guys. They, and some of them swore up and down. Well, mind you, you you've heard me in messages. So maybe it did affect me sometimes. <laughs> but, but, but I, 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 feel, I feel like it, 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 really, it really didn't affect me. Now, is, as I'm, am I saying, oh, you can, that, you, that you can be in the world and not of the world? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. You don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to adopt to your place. Now, if you're, if you're liable and you're trying to get your self-worth from your friends and, and, and Jesus says, or the Word of God tells us, bad company corrupts good character and you're hanging out with the wrong people and you wonder why you're becoming like them because you're trying to emulate them and you're trying to adopt their attitudes and their actions and because you think that it's cool to be just like them, well, that's, that's a whole other heart issue. But just, be, just, because, just because you're in an environment doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily have to submit to that environment. It's always your choice. Always. I went from that school into the army, and that was a whole other experience. <laughs> that was fun. I mean, I had some of the... I had to, I had to keep myself from laughing because they... I had some drill sergeants and people over me. Man, they could swear in poetry. I was just like, man, it's like, I was like, wow, that was amazing. You know, they, they had got it down. And it, and it really was pretty humorous to me. But I still didn't, I didn't start swearing. I didn't think it was cool. I kind of, you know, it's, I think you've got a limited vocabulary if you've got to start swearing to express yourself. You know, it just wasn't that cool. And I, I don't criticize anybody that swears. I don't have a problem with it. But guess what? There is an element of what comes out of you. Jesus says you can tell what's in your heart by what comes out of your mouth. That's what Jesus said, not Shannon. Just to, put, just to set this record straight. You got a problem with that? Take it up with Jesus. You know? <laughs> you know, but, but the thing is, though, what I want you to see here at least is that the journey that we're on, and, and it is a journey, is are you... Will you align your heart with him? Will you, allow your, will you allow your belief system to be transformed? Will you choose to say, when you hear, when you hear something again, a tradition, will you, will, or, will, or some, let's, let's say something I say, or something that you see in the word of God that challenges you, will you go back and say, Lord, what, where, what, am I, what do I believe about this? Will you go back to that and, and figure out what you need to change in your belief system? Because the more we focus on what we believe, the more things will change out here. In fact, Jesus said it so beautifully and so simply when he said that. Clean the inside and the outside will be clean automatically. Simple. But yet 
what we've done in much of the church world is look the part, clean the outside, and eventually inside will get clean. No, no, it won't. But if we use and we understand the Word of God to be applied, and we, I went through a couple of scriptures, but, but there are so many more. If you want to experience wisdom from God, if you want to experience success, if you want to, there, there are scriptures, there are things that you've, that, that, that tell us what God feels about this or God's paradigm and perspective on this or that and that. And so you can say, oh, well, you know what? If I just try harder and run really, 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 really fast, then I'm going to have lots of money. No, no. You know that there is a prosperity that ruineth people. There, is, you can, there, are, there are lots of rich people that commit suicide. There are lots of rich people that have a tremendously bad... Pe- so, so if you feel that God's raised or got you, there is a God way to reach that. There is a God way to do that. Amen? Anyhow, let's, let's wrap it up here because I feel that, that there, there are places that we have to go to and, and, I, and, and as we grow established in these truths, I want you to see this. This is not, again, I'm going to say it very carefully. Take it, the print off the page. See Jesus. See the Word of God manifest. See who He is. When, and when, 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 you know, I can give you a bunch of scriptures, uh, you know, next week maybe we can touch on, but the, that God, the, the, there is no changing. There is no changing. And, and we'll touch on the covenants in, in a future time as well, where we can, can easily separate why the discrepancy between old and new. And I think that will help you tremendously if you're not already persuaded or comfortable um, with, with some of those things. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that your intentions for us are clear, that you love us, that you care for us. And Father, I thank you that your grace is here right now to meet every need, every need, every need. I want you to know that if you have a need of anything, there is a way to receive something instantly. There is a way. There are gifts in the body of Christ, gifts of faith, gifts of healings, miracles. There are things that you can latch hold of. But there are ways to live in health and wholeness that are beyond that. But if you're an urgent issue, if you have an urgent need, I'm telling you, that's what our prayer ministers are here for. You can lay hold of an, a, of an instant healing or a, or a short-term healing, but, but I'm telling you that if you want to live in divine health, you need the Word of God. If you want to lay hold of these things, but these prayer ministers know how to hear God. They know how to guide and instruct, and everything that we do at Lake Haven is to help you to experience Him and His love and grow in this journey of experiencing the wholeness and abundant life that He wants for you. But if you're one of these that says, you know what, I've been struggling with the pain in my body, And last week, I did get a number of testimonies of people, by the way, that did identify with that word and and said they had pain in the abdomen and they received instant healing. Instant healing. So don't put that aside. Don't say, I'm disqualified from receiving. I'm telling you, it's not God's will for you to live in pain, in sickness, in disease. 
But there is a good, there is a God way. And no matter what it is, God, so I want to encourage you, these, these, as we close here, these, these prayer ministers are here to minister to you. And if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is the starting place. There is not a magic formula prayer, but you just say, Jesus, I need you. You are the one that I need. And he will meet you right there. He will meet you right there. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and, and know that you can pray in, in the Spirit and you, you've got the comforting, you're not, you haven't been taught about that, that's another place that we can help you steer you. And these ministers can give you a book and point you in the right direction and, and get, you, get you on that path of being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in, in, in other tongues and in other languages. So I want you to know this is a body. This is a body. And as we wrap up here, I just want you to, if there's something in your life just that you want Jesus to know about, just say it right now. Just connect with that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for meeting every need. Father, I just pray for, um, I'm trying to think of the word. It's a lack of persuasion. No, not that. If you don't know, if you don't feel assured, Assured. If you don't feel assured of a salva your salvation, I want to encourage you to come and speak to a prayer minister. If, you're not, if you don't sense and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you, stay connected with us. Stay connected with us because I'm telling you, we want to reassure you through the Word of God that God loves you where you're at. No matter what your past is, no matter what you've done. We want you to know His love and His unconditional love for you.